Moto Spot Show. We are back. What's up, everybody? We are in Nashville, Tennessee, getting ready to record episode 20. That's right, 20 episodes. Man, this has been a fun run. I'm excited. Uh, we got a guest on tonight that's raced the outdoors, the Supercross. He's kind of done it all. He's an Instagram sensation. Um, but before we get to him, I want to give a huge shout out to Spot Network TV, the fastest growing streaming service in the industry. So please check those guys out at Spot Network TV. Also, download their app. You can download this podcast there. So please check those guys out. Also, a huge thanks to Scott Sports USA, Works Connection, Bellray Motion Pro, and Scott Goggles. If I already, I might already said Scott Goggles, but anyways, can't thank those guys enough. Um, we're really excited to have those guys on. So again, Motion Pro, Works Connection, Bellray, and Spot Work Network TV. Man, I'm really excited. But with that being said, let's get to this guy. Like I said, he's he's been crushing it on a dirt bike. He's got a huge following on Instagram. He's qualified for Supercrosses, qualified for outdoors. He's a local here in Nashville. What's up, Sam? How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm excited to uh, to get this started, and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. It's it's, uh, it's one of those things where I've been kind of just having some fun with it, but you've been helping me along the way, you know, texting me and giving me some feedback, so I really appreciate it. So I was like, screw it. Let's get you on, and let's have some fun. Yeah, I've uh, been uh, listening and uh, been kind of eager to finally hop on one of these with you, so I'm excited to finally get to be able to do this. Yeah, dude, we're having a milestone here on Moto Spot Show. You are our first racer, like our you know current racer. Um, I don't believe we've had a racer on yet. So um, even though you haven't raced Supercross this year, you're still uh, an active racer. So I mean, you're our first first guy. Yeah, absolutely, and it's also pretty cool. Another big milestone is uh, episode twenty, right? Yeah, so that's pretty big. Yeah, Dude, so uh, it's crazy. Uh, coming in hot with uh, uh, with the big milestone. So this is a. Uh, this is going to be a good one. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. So you and I got to ride a little bit on Friday. Um, before you uh, got to ride, it was you've been on a break for almost four months. So, I mean, for you, like, what was that little breath of fresh air like? Was it? Did you f- take up something new? Did you do anything crazy? Like, man, four months off a dirt bike has got to be pretty crazy. Yeah, it was a good uh, a good amount of time off, but um, it was it was needed. Uh, no injuries involved. Just to, just needed a get some time off the bike, uh, kind of just, uh, I'm 24 years old now and I, I feel like I've been doing this 20 years straight. So, yeah. uh, um, it's good to take a, take a step back and, uh, um, kind of, which I did, I, I, a lot of other responsibilities like, uh, owning a house and you get kind of, uh, so I got to catch up on some chores I was lacking on and also just, spend some time with uh, the family and and been really big into golfing lately but um but yeah we rode friday and it was absolutely uh uh perfect and i'm yeah. pretty stoked that you got to come up it was uh uh much needed it was four months was, was it was a good break but it was it, i was i was ready to get back on a bike yeah it was cool like we had, I had a good work day with my boss um and then i went and saw some more dealers and at the end of the day with this new daylight savings time like can't go wrong with a little evening sesh so it was fun the track was like you said perfect you made me feel like a d rider out there you even hopped on my bike and <laughs> ripped on it so i was uh pumped to see you back on the bike and having fun because like you said four months is is a long time oh yeah well it was good to, to, to kind of do a little bit of balance with you you didn't make it easy to, to get around it. For sure. it. <laughs> give you a little rooster tail kind of veteran yeah, dude. veteran dude a little veteran move 
Dude, I woke up Saturday the next day, and uh, I had roost marks all over my chest from you. Know? I was like, where did these <laughs> oh, come from? No I feel bad now. It was all over my shoulders and my chest. But, I mean, that's 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 why that's the part of the fun of riding a dirt bike is roosting your buddies. Yeah, so. no, it was cool. It was uh, I was bummed your dad and JoJo couldn't come out with us, but we'll we'll get those guys back out on the bikes. But like you said, the track was good, the weather was good. So these this daylight savings time is my favorite time of the year because you can work all day and then uh, relax and have your dirt bike therapy after a long day. Oh yeah, and you're also not like crazy rushed to like right. try to squeeze it all in. You can just kind of do your routine, especially here in, in around Nashville. Uh, I think was the sun go down like. 745 and it's just going to get longer and longer as the year progresses so yeah yeah uh look we need to have a uh, a good little ride ride session little reunion yeah a little reunion yeah. like go back to what you just said though like you said it gets dark like so when you're training for supercross january february um what's that like like doing a full because i know you work full time with your dad so what was that like you know in the previous years just trying to work all day sweat it out cutting down trees and then have to rush home gear up and try to get at least you know a couple 20 minute sessions in like was that stressful for you or just just part of the daily grind um it wasn't i mean i was a little stressed out just kind of uh um well for all the people who don't know about me about me uh i am a uh an arborist which where basically we cut down trees trim trees just kind of for your local uh homeowner um, just anything tree related, we can take care of that. And, uh, it's, it, it's, it's very hard and very difficult and very dangerous. So, yeah. um, I, I work doing that during the day and then in the, in the jank, um, uh, like in the winter months, I mean, when it gets dark at four, I mean, I, uh, basically I kind of clock out around three thirty, three forty five, And then, um, I speed rush, uh, get my gear on. Uh, I, I prep my bike the day before that way I don't have to spend time, uh, yeah. doing all the necessities. And then I race back into, to our supercross track. And then I'll literally just, I mean, it's, it's my home track. I, I, I do, I do one glance, make sure there's like no trees on the ground or anything strange, but I basically just hop straight into, um, a hot lap. Okay. And once I do, uh, once I get, or not a hot lap, but like a kind of a, pretty quick lap and then after that i immediately rush into a moto right or just sprinting. Like sprints, yeah and then uh and then i just sprint for as long as i can or not as long as i can but probably about 10 minutes and then uh um and then by that time i mean on the short days that's all i get is maybe like 10 laps and then that's that i call it a day and yeah. i go back and wash the bike in the dark and do it again the next day and those on the that's on the extreme uh the extreme like short days and uh right um but i mean yeah that's what uh that was the option that was available to me and yeah it's it's but those 10 laps of and being intense um and it's it's just enough to keep me sharp because uh you don't want to um race and then not at least get any riding in before the next supercross race that saturday so right uh yeah you want to like you so want to get kind prepped and kind of make sure you get all the tweaks out stay loose um yeah stay in the motions type of deal yeah and then and there were there were some days where i could like uh, a little bit longer and i was able to get two sessions in and then um and then it's also really tough because um it, it's pretty 
I would say it's pretty rainy here. Right, so you never right. know like what the conditions are going to be. You're like, man, I'm hoping I'm, I'm going back here. And I'm hoping this track like somewhat rideable. And, and the good thing about our supercross track, it's on top of the, on top of the hill of our property and it drains and dries up pretty quick. Like yeah. when you came over to ride Friday, like it, it rained two days before and the, and then we went back there and checked it out and it was like, this is literally perfect. So, um, and then, and then if there's days where it's, it's a little muddy, I'm like, yeah, I mean, we, I, I wouldn't ride in the absolute slop, but slop, if it's yeah. a little slick and a little mud, I mean, I was like, well, it's going to make me better. So just gotta. Yeah. yeah Cause I mean, some of these races, deal with it. yeah, some of these races in open stadiums, you would have to prep for it anyways. Cause you know, with you being, and the 250 group, you get like the first ones out. So if it's slick or whatever, it's like you got to just pound through and try to put a heater in and qualify. So, I yeah, uh, yeah. On, on the first lap, the at Supercross, the the first they actually watered pretty good. So that um that first session is usually pretty slick, and you got to get all your lines uh, dialed in that free practice. So it it, yeah. it works out to get that practice at home on a slick track. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine kind of doing that all week and then having to show up on a race weekend and, and prep. So, I mean, like I said, you didn't race this year, but if you were to do your normal schedule, like you just said, go work all day, 3.30, hopefully that boss of yours lets you off and uh, you get ready, would you stay? Would you stayed for the week or would you have kind of done Saturday, came home, worked, and then done the next Saturday? Or would you? what would you kind of – like what would you think you would do for the – the new schedule this year? Um, I, I think it's a little bit of, uh, um, I would definitely would have to probably miss some rounds. Okay. Um, so like, for example, they start in Houston and if I was to, I would probably go to the first Houston on Saturday, skip yep. that Tuesday. We would drive back. Mm-hmm. I would work all week and then go back that to round three yep. and race that next Saturday. Okay. And, uh, and then I think Indianapolis was the following, uh, the next uh Race, residency yeah. so indianapolis is um as within a four hours of us so the plan for that one probably would have been race saturday come home i would actually probably would have worked monday we would have left once we i got off work we probably would have drove back to indy race that tuesday yeah and then come back and work the rest of the week and then do it again on saturday damn that's insane there you go folks the life of a privateer like that's just yeah. nuts. But like you said, it's a four hour drive, but still it's like that wears on you, you know what I mean? To come home a race and then come home, unload, prep everything, work, load back up, and then go again. Like that's that's good, like you kinda took that little break because I think that would have wore you out for sure. Yeah, it would have uh it would have been stressful, but um I mean that's kinda what the game plan was. Uh and then like and then I the schedules, it kind of gets pretty separated and I yeah. probably would have made most of the rounds, but like, um, probably would have not done the Tuesday Dallas race. Uh, okay. but I, I think, um, but like, like the Atlanta, I mean, rounds like that, the same boat, yeah, Atlanta's drive. Yeah. four or five hours. Uh, and also it's, that it's, it's, even though those, uh, they got the three races in a week now and they give you those, those breaks in between. So I think that kind of makes up for it. It gives you a little breather, give you a little time to get back in a normal routine and just, and then be wide open for a week. But, um, yeah, yeah I think that's how I would have definitely attacked it. Uh, if, 
if uh, we were to be racing this season. Yeah, I think, like you said, that little two. So, like, we just finished Arlington three. So now we go into a two week break. So, kind of gives the guys to uh, reboot, get ready for everything. Um, another residency in Atlanta, and then a residency in Salt Lake. So, the season's winding down, and it's been nuts. Like, what do you what do you think? Hey, do you like? Do you think the tracks are looking pretty easy? Like. You didn't race at all, but do you watch the the racing and think, man, like I probably could have qualified, especially like that 250 East. You know, there's a lot of fast guys that got out of the series pretty quick. So you had a lot of privateers running seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, one race they lapped like all the way up to six. So, I mean, do you do you look back and kind of think, damn it, I should have raced or are you glad you took the break? Well, uh, the thing is like um – like, yeah, I can be sitting here watching the race, and, like, those guys that I see in the main event, um, I remember two years ago, that same group of guys, we were all struggling to even make main event right. uh, uh, last year. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's easy to be like, hey, I run with that guy, and he's running top 15, top 10. But also, uh, I mean, there's guys getting hurt left and right. I mean, you got to be able to make it through the whole race Yep. without crashing and or having an injury and that's a that's a lot of i think that's what a lot of people don't take into consideration is uh um yeah they're out there and they're running good times but i mean dudes are dropping like flies like even yeah. with the the way the field is i mean people were still getting hurt and and i i don't think there's any specific that's just how it plays out but um the tracks i don't the tracks always look hard to me just because, uh, yeah, uh, just, I, I was always a little intimidated by them. I never got too comfortable. I mean, yeah, I got comfortable. It was all, but it was always still like, it took you a little longer. Yeah. Well, the main thing is, is those ruts. I mean, uh, doing the rhythms in and out ruts and just the hucking the, the 70 foot triples out of ruts out of those nineties. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think they're easy at all. Um, what about that uh, dub? What about that double indie this year where it was like over the start? Like that thing looked big. That one looked insane. Like, yeah, and they're like uh, hitting in ruts, like you said, like just like and like they're just trying, yeah. like, trying to stay like straight. And it was so sketchy yeah, that was looking. My thought process. That was my thought. That was literally where that uh, that actual section is where that thought process came to my head. I was like. Yeah, I could be in this main event, but also I'd have to deal with that rutted face and that massive <laughs> yeah. double. And I was yeah. like, I was like, it ain't easy. I don't care what anyone says. So that's no. that's another, um, uh, yeah. Like, and but, it's like um, not one of those things where you can just roll it either. Like, it's like you had to like kind of commit. No, yeah, there's no way you can go out there and uh, kind of get lucky and mosey your way through. It, it's it's full maximum effort and paying attention and being the sharpest you can be yeah. uh definitely the top of your game especially on the track uh uh this weekend this i think the track this weekend looked the most technical uh in all aspects the whoops were were buying a lot, a lot of people yeah. and those that rhythm lane the just the uh, the biggest thing i saw is the way they had it was like the or all the rhythm lanes like it would seem like you would jump like a small 3 foot Oh, into like a big five foot and it's so hard to get your bike up and then you have to like pump the bike back into that massive dip and that is just gnarly on the legs they get you so tired and then it's also super technical on it it definitely looks like the hardest track of the year 
yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, it was gnarly. Like that one triple out where they are going like and what people and for people that don't know that are listening like when Sam says 3 foot 5 foot those are the li- the tall the lips sizes um dirtworks goes off of as like a spec sheet so but anyways back to what you're saying like that one section before they went into that left 90 and over that triple like it was like you could see how tall that landing was where they like they were tripling and then like that landing they had to like get in that hole and then they were singling into that berm left 90 over that triple like it was pretty gnarly like if you would have just clipped that one uh, landing, it was like game over. Like Bogle, I think did it one. Uh, that's where Bogle ate it, or no, he did it after the start. Yeah, he did it after the start, but still, like he he did that off the. I think it yeah, was uh, was a table over triple, or or was he trying to triple off the he table? Was, he was like going for that triple, and he just can't flip short. And then that's where you made the left, and then you went triple table over table. So it was like that second but right still, before. But yeah, you could see I mean, as soon as he hit it, dude. Like it's like he just spun. Yeah, I think this track definitely had a, a, a timing was a, a big, uh, was very important for this, this yeah. track. So A lot of people um, are saying Cooper's very technical. He's not flashy. So do you think these, these Arlington rounds really, I mean, of course he won, but do you think going forward, do you think the tracks are going to be more like not mellow, but faster? Like we're going to Atlanta, which is going to be really like Daytona. And then we have Salt Lake, which is, we saw seven rounds of Salt Lake last year. And they look. Some of them look pretty easy, but do you think Cooper Webb is just on a whole nother level right now, or is this, these tracks are suiting his style? No, I think uh, Cooper Webb's on a on another level. Um, okay. I, I think every time he lines up behind the gate, it doesn't matter what track he's on. I think he's gonna put himself in the right position and fight all the way to the to yeah. the checker flag, and then whoever can just mentally just just out exert him and outsmart him that's how you're going to beat him and no one can really do that right now so yeah he's very um, mentally strong like he's just one of those guys where you can't beat him down i mean we saw it at arlington too where tomac was behind him the whole race and tomac had his had some options to like you know block him a little bit but tomac never really stuck a wheel in there and cooper just kept pounding out pounding out and then he started picking up the lines like he was going outside tripling onto the step on and then off um so it's like he picks that stuff up quick and then once he picks it up it's game over yeah, I, he is very quick to adapt throughout the race or even throughout the night. And um, like I, a good uh, um, example of that was uh, Arlington three in the heat race. He uh, he looked, he had a bad race in the heat race. Um, yeah. um, he wasn't hitting the big lines. He got passed uh, a few times and then even um, got taken out. But um, as I was just from watching throughout the season. Like, would that give him a 10th gate pick or 11th gate yeah, pick? Yeah, something and, like that, yeah. And uh, I figured some people were a little worried about that, but, I mean, it was a long start straight, so I knew he was going to get a start no matter where he was on that gate. And then he just picked up those big lines, and, uh, um, I mean, he, he did what he had to do. And I, I think I think he's a big – he this dirt, the Arlington dirt, Yeah. Um, it looks like it suits him so well. He – uh, he, he's done well here in the in the, uh, recent years, and right. and it, it kind of looks like it's got a little bit of a, a Baker's Factory look to it, or kind of a silty sandy kind of. So I think that's uh, it. Just he looks right bit. at home yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. He he goes really low in the corners. Like you watch him, and like he he is able to point and shoot like really well. Like even when uh, rocks and pass him, like. Roxon tried to stand him up, and he just, you know, hit the brakes, dived down, and carried still carried all that momentum through the whoops. Like, the guy is just so technical, and he's always just 
able to pick things up quick, and I just don't get how he turns a bad situation and into a good one. And the other thing I like, too, about him is he's very aggressive on the opening lap. Like, he got a good start, like you said, but Barsha was in front of him. A lot of guys yeah. probably would have been patient behind Barsha, and he went for Barsha right away. Got in front of him and took yeah. off and focused on Roxon, and I liked how he did that for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, he's always – I feel like he's always been good about that. And because uh, yeah. he, he, I think he knows – I mean, he obviously knows everyone's strengths and weaknesses, and uh, he knows that, hey, I got to get Barsha right now. Or um, he, he sees Ken out front, yeah. and he's like, okay, Ken has the ability to pull away. And, and then – but he's like, but if I spend time behind Barsha, he he could get away from me. But he made the move and started getting to work on rocks and kind of seen it uh, throughout the season. Just whether it be the last lap or just kind of towards yeah. the end of the main. Um, but yeah, uh, back to his corner speed. It, it, it's mind blowing how 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 low he cuts the lines, but it, the amount of speed. Yeah. He he. He his speed through these corners are just un they're unbelievable and it, it's I think it, that's a lot to do with he, the momentum he keeps through it and I think it's bike setup if you the way he flat tracks like I don't know if you though I noticed it a lot off the uh, when they went over the finish line yep. and they had that one eighty back on the start straight I mean if you look at everyone else's bikes uh, they're chopping and kind of sliding. Uh, down that uh, that start stretch, and his bike just looks planted. He's got good – his form is perfect, and yeah, it, 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 I, he was making up time right there. And yeah. uh, that's uh, and it's crazy that's on a part of the track where there's not even an obstacle, and he's just making up time. Yeah, so. he's very good about that. And, like, you go back to talking about being mental strong and, and talking about, like, just being in the right mindset. You know, for you, when you were, you know, doing a – a lap or going into qualifying or going into your, your heat race. If you qualified for the night show, like what, what's that like for you? Do you try to tell yourself like, I got to get in or you just keep, tell yourself, keep it fun. Like as a racer, how hard is it to stay like mentally focused when you got Christian Craig or, you know, Justin Cooper, like right next to you? Um, it's, uh, um, I would say, I would say it's, uh, it's not, it's definitely you're nervous. And you're in that this environment, this massive environment that is supercross, and it it is it can get a little overwhelming, and the nerves are racking. Yeah. But you gotta, you just gotta kind of have that tunnel vision, narrow down, focus on what you gotta do, and which is that the first step is that gate drop, and you gotta nail the start. You gotta, if you're out there, you gotta be like, hey, I can, I can race with these guys. These guys are normal human beings just like me. Right. And I'm gonna go out there, and I'm gonna try to go kick their teeth in, and uh, and, and if they, and if I get past, I'm gonna try to get them back, or just uh, I, it's it's more of a warrior mindset for me. Just okay. um, I'm a very super competitive individual, and and to me, it's it's I've worked so hard to get to that level. I'm not gonna try to um take it for granted or miss miss the opportunity and it doesn't always work out the way I, I planned or meet my expectations, but I still give it a hundred percent, leave it all out on the track. Cause you yeah. never know what when can happen. Yeah. What can happen or when you're, when even your next race could be, it could be 
I mean, that, that was for me. I was like, when I first, my first year of Supercross, um, I didn't know what my future was going to look like. I didn't know how to perform. And I literally treated every race like it was my last one. And, uh, and I tried to make the most of it. And, and, and I was that, and, and that, that kind of mindset, uh, kept me pretty, pretty, uh, satisfied. Um, yeah. I know. I, there's um, even a couple of LCQs where like you went for it. Like you were yeah, like, no, not I, leaving anything on the track. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, which there have been times it's, it kind of came up to definitely it can bite you, but yeah. I mean, if I would have, if I wouldn't have taken that opportunity, um, I, it, it, I kind of would have had a little bit of re- regret. So yeah. it's just kind of, uh, it's go, just, go uh, for broke. Kind of all, <laughs> go for go, broke. yeah, all out. Um, I wasn't, yeah, it's just all out, um, mindset and just go for the, yeah, go for the, you just got to go for, go for the prize. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for you, like when you said you've been doing this for 20 years, like what kind of started off for you? I mean, I know your, your dad rode back in the day and everything, but did you kind of know right away you wanted to do Supercross or was it one of those things where you're like, all right, like we're going to race, we're going to go to Loretta's and do some um, stuff, which I know your dad even told me like he didn't even know really what Loretta's was. Like somebody told him about Loretta's and then you guys went there, you did good and you kept going back. But I mean, for you... Was it just kind of do some do some racing and then eventually the Joey Land it got bigger and bigger and bigger and before you knew it you had a full blown Supercross track and, and outdoor track. Yeah, so uh, I'll just do kind of like quick uh, time lapse here. So it all I, I want to say, um, my dad he he didn't grow up riding. He uh, he he kind of got a bike around the time that I was born, maybe even before that, um, and he um, just wanted to just. He, he the sport was interesting to him. He, he no idea. He he uh very grassroots. Um, okay. and then started racing locally. Uh, just kind of a uh, you know the normal routine. And then he, when I was uh he got me a PW fifty um at three years old. And and then uh, he had no he, no idea what how the sport worked. He just knew what the local races were. So we kind of grew up learning how to ride together. We got better. And then we, so we went to this track up in Kentucky. It was one of our favorite, uh, local tracks. It was called 800 MX. And, uh, yep. well, that was, that was the track we spent the most time at. Okay. And, um, it was an area qualifier. We did not know what an area qualifier was. We were like, why do we have to spend, uh, an extra 10, 20 bucks on a qualifying sheet? And then we're like, this doesn't make any sense. And, Lo and behold, on my PW50, uh, went out there and, and I think I won, um, which that was my hometown track, but, uh, my buddy, um, Harrison West, he was out there. We grew up racing and, uh, his dad was like, man, he's like, are y'all going to go to Ohio for the regional? And my <laughs> dad like, was what's like, what's a regional? <laughs> we're like, what's a regional? And they're like, why in the world would we drive all the way to Ohio for a dirt bike race? Well, it was just, it was just unheard of. We could not even fathom driving that far. Right. For we were just so just mind blown. Recreate, recre- <laughs> recreational with it. That's the yeah. That's the term. And then we went to the regional. We qualified for Loretta's, and we were like, oh, so this is how you get to Loretta's. Yeah. And and then that's how we that that's what hooked us. Um, my brother, my dad, and myself. 
for the next few years, we, we, uh, kept trying to go to Loretta's and, and that was our goal, uh, that just to be there. We just wanted to be there. It was, Loretta's is 45 minutes from our house. So, um, it was always like our vacation, uh, from home. And it was cool as that is all of our family and friends could come watch it. Yeah. But it was still just about being fun. But we also had our goals. And then, uh, fast forward, um, I, I kept qualifying for Loretta's, uh, and then, but we always struggled. I mean, I was, I would say I was consistently, consistently outside the top 30 every year I went. Well, finally made some, the super mini class and I got my first top 15 overall. Okay. And we were pumped on that. And that was the, that was in 2011. That was the first year that, uh, they introduced the monster energy cup. And, uh, next, next thing you know, they hand us a piece of paper when they, um, they say, Hey, you're invited to the monster energy cup in Las Vegas. And that's kind of like a, another weird thing. We're like, are we really going to drive to Las Vegas for a dirt park? Race? That's 20, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's 20 plus that's two hours days of driving. For, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, but I think that's, and then, so that was an experience in itself. And, and once, I got to get out onto that floor for practice. I think that's kind of where I got the idea. I was like, okay, they picked the top 15 best super mini riders in the, in, a, in the nation. I mean, I mean, Adam C was there. Cooper Webb was there. Uh, Jordan Smith was there. And then just all the way back through 20. Right. Um, and I was one of them. And that's kind of where I got the idea. I was like, okay, this kind of is making sense. The kind of the next goal to be is a, make it to pro supercross now i didn't know how i didn't know how that was going to play out but that that kind of in the back of my head i was like all right i'd i would love to just be back out here with a pro license someday and and then uh um fast forward got some uh support from kawasaki uh and that that that's what really kind of took me to the next level was having um that fresh equipment and then uh was able to um, do well at Loretta's in my final year. Okay. Um, I, I got I got second overall college boy, and then and then in pro sport I got fifteenth overall, and that gives you your pro motocross license. Oh, so okay. I was nice. like, that, that's how I got my pro motocross license. We uh, after Loretta's two weeks later or three weeks later, we went to Ironman, and uh, and absolutely, I, I just wanted to make the top make it into the mains, right. uh, at, at Ironman. And, uh, and we made it in. I was just absolutely stoked on that. And, and I actually did great. I think I got, I was running, I think I got like 25th overall, but I, I think I had a 22nd mode of finish and I was like, Holy, I was like, wow, this is incredible. This is, I'm, we were just beyond stoked. And, and, and then the big hurdle that came with that was I, I I was I think I was I was in college at the time, so we didn't or I think I was a sophomore in college. So, okay. but we weren't doing professional at the time. So we were doing that. We could make the amateur and the college work, but we were like, okay, uh, are we going to be able to make the professional uh, racing and college work? Right. And that was the next step to figure out. And um, and the biggest hurdle. Well, the next step was getting my, my pro supercross license, which was so difficult. Um, at the time they were doing the arena cross 
uh, road to Supercross. Yeah, yeah, it was so like Bridgestone Arena and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and that absolutely um, was an eye opener. It was way harder than I ever thought it would have been. Um, definitely struggled. I've never crashed so many times <laughs> consecutively. Dude. Each and every weekend, it was gnarly. Yeah, some um, of those whoops in arena cross are big. Yeah, and 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 what's crazy is it, it's it's all like it's pretty narrow and it's so tight and right and and and, and the, the little sections that they have set up. I mean, those are even though the sections are the size of a like a hockey arena. I mean, the timing and how steep and big those jumps were. It just it was so tough to 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 race. Right, um, definitely, really in my opinion, in my opinion, arena cross was a kind of a little bit more challenging to me than it was supercross. But uh, I could see, um, that. yeah, just because the tightness and and how you're trying to go fast, but you have to go slow so you don't just over jump stuff or blow stuff out. Like you had to be really precise. Where yeah. supercross, you can kind of you have more room for error. I guess you could say. Yeah, and and I remember the first one I showed up to was it, it was in Cincinnati, and I'm pretty sure there was like 90 entries. Damn. They had like oh, they had like 10, they had 10 group practices. Like they went from group group A all the way to like group I don't know G or just whatever it was. 10 groups down it, and these oh, tracks man. were absolutely. Yeah, and there was fast guys that weren't making the top thirty, and and it, it but but luckily I was able to and it, but also even if you made the top thirty, I think you had to top ten in a main to get points. So it was it was pretty challenging. pretty challenging. Yeah, to definitely because I I mean though those those arena cross guys they're they're legit and uh, but um. I, we were at Nashville. I think I I had two points at the time, and I needed three total. And uh, I I had a rough day in Nashville. I was not clicking with the track, or the the dirt was kind of rocky, and um, I had so many crashes that day. I'm pretty sure I crashed like six times that day, and they were not just tip overs. They were just absolutely just <laughs> conglomerate, just weeding just it me, up, yeah. y'all yard sales and uh i was having a rough day and then uh but i I didn't have a great time and or a great qualifying time right so on the last practice or not the the second to last practice uh on my very last lap i was i finally put together the loops and all i had to do was put together this i had to go triple triple and then single into the turn and on the last triple out um a kid kind of uh merged over a little bit and we clipped handlebars yeah and it absolutely that. it it broke my hand uh my pinky uh a compound fracture in my pinky absolutely just destroyed it exploded it Ugh. but and but i was so determined to get my points that i was like i'm gonna race and i had no idea my pinky was like this all i knew is my hand was hurting really bad, and there was blood coming through my glove. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, adrenaline. So I kept my, <laughs> yeah, that adrenaline. Um, we had some uh, uh, some pretty good medicine that I took, some shots, and uh, went out there for the next practice. And uh, I'm pretty sure I qualified. So I was like, heck yeah, we get to go race. And I was like, I can race with a broken pinky. It's not a big deal. Well, as 
I took my glove off and my whole pinky just folds in half, just oh. just blood oh and just God. looks like a, a blender like took it. That's and I was gnarly. like and I was like, I won't be able to get this back in my glove. There's no way. I, I didn't know it was that bad, but it was pretty bad. So unfortunately that and and that's what what the most frustrating part was is um I mean, I knew I was going to be out for a while, and the series only had so many rounds on the East Coast before they went West Coast. So, and I was like, there was, there's going to be no way if I come back in a in a month and a half, I'm I'm going to miss my opportunity to get my Supercross license, right? Um, or I'm going to have to drop out of school and go chase it out west. And I, that to me, that wasn't an option. So, um, I was very frustrated at the time. Um, Cause I was like, man, I don't want to waste. Uh, Cause if I don't get this year, I have to try again the next year, and then, and then, and then two, and then the following year would be my Supercross debut, and and I was like, man, I I can't let this be a, a year and a half delay on my getting my Supercross license. So, um, what we did is we had surgery. I mean, it was rough. It had pins in it. Uh, they they had they put a pin underneath my fingernail and it went the whole length of my pinky. It was, it was rough, but, um, I was like, man, I got to go race. So, uh, I think we showed up to new Orleans. It was, or, or maybe we went to Memphis and, uh, was able to make both main events. Um, well, they had the Friday night and Saturday night. I made both main events. I was like, and that gave me my points. And I was like, yes, I got my points. You're like, we're good. (laughs) <laughs> we're good but we weren't uh, you'd have you'd have to make points in like a multiple of three different cities and since i made my points in two cities they didn't give it to me oh, and i was no like way you've got to be kidding me so um we did not know this until uh i tried signing up for my supercross license and they were like you they're like you didn't you didn't fulfill the requirements and i was like what do you mean so we had to go to New Orleans, and luckily we got it done. This is also with a broken, broken pinky, pinky and yeah. rods. When that's that's that was really tough, but I was able to make it work. And yeah, and that's how I got my Supercross license, and was able to keep the dream alive and and not have to drop out of school, but also just I was able to keep both of those uh, an option, which was um, the most crucial part of probably uh, my. I mean, that's definitely the most mentally challenging uh, tribulation that I've had to endure was just all those events of 27, I think, yeah, 2017, spring, spring 2017 was, uh, but we got it done and I was so pumped. I mean, uh, it was everything I've ever worked for since making it to Las Vegas in the Super Mini class at the Monster Energy Cup. I was like, I can't believe we did it. Got, and got made potential. my all that for a little yeah. two by two piece of plastic. All that it was the best <laughs> two by two piece of plastic I've ever earned in my life. It, yeah, that's, it, that's it a was big such accompli- a good yeah. feeling. It's a huge accomplishment. Like, it, there's nothing, no better yeah. feeling when you put that thing around your neck. Like, I'm not a racer, but even when I have a credential, like I feel so special when I have a credential. So I can only imagine yeah. what it's like when you throw it over as a racer. Yeah, and, and the, the the part is is just the background of that piece of plastic. I mean that that just meant so so much to me. I mean that that it was a childhood dream, and there yeah. there it is. That that's my ticket into the show, and 
and it was just uh, an incredible feeling. And you know what also, you know what made me really sour is the following year they Futures. did the the futures. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that made me so mad. Yeah, the futures is like, like not even fair. Like if you get a start, you're pretty much good to go because like the tracks, your track right now, which is it's not a full blown supercross track, is harder than futures. Yeah, I mean it. It. I was like, I literally went through. I was like, I literally crashed my brains out every single weekend for this, and now they're going to do this to me. Yeah, I know. And, and and but yeah, that's just how it worked out. I mean, I mean, it, it made me a better rider. So I'm I'm actually glad that I Got that it. was the path that I took. And yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, I'm just poking a little bit of fun. That's no, just, you're good. Uh, I mean, I can't talk too much shit because I raced the futures and and went away in an ambulance. So I mean, the track <laughs> the track has to be semi challenging. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's a whole another story. Um, but for you, like, let's talk a little bit about you. Like, I mean, we have, but like, let's talk, get a little more in depth. I should say. So you have a property yeah. called the Joey Land. It's one of the best looking facilities, craziest things in the country. Um, there's only a few other people that have facilities like yours, but talk a little bit about Joey Land. And for people that don't know, um, Sam's on Instagram at Sam Redmond 401. Go check him out. Like he's got some really cool videos. Um, he's got likes of Josh Hill and people like that just commenting and following him. So he's doing something right. But for you, like your facility is sick. I mean, what, what yeah, made so- your dad kind of do all that? And what, what's it like growing up with that? So I'm I'm glad you asked you uh, asked that question because I meant to mention that in the kind of the that uh, previous conversation we had. But yeah, you're good. It kind of um, just all goes like it's like one like long repeating like it's it's, it's yeah. hard to get it all in. So that's why I was like, all right, we got to at least talk about it somewhat in the show. Yeah. So this is all this is all my dad's my dad's uh, just project. Uh, whenever he started riding, he just loved. From what he's told me, he just loves to jump. Um, he just wanted to go find the biggest jumps. Uh, just, um, it, it felt like flying to him. So, uh, back behind the, our property, uh, behind his house, uh, he just kind of, it started off as a small track, but then he would just start pushing dirt up. I mean, he didn't, I don't, he didn't know at the time he was just piles of dirt and he just jumping to see how high he can get to see how far he can get. And, and uh I think at the time they weren't crazy big jumps, maybe like forty footers, fifty footers, sixty footers. And then uh he just kept I mean, just kept working and working and working and then we had a a pretty big motocross track and uh and with some pretty big jumps and I mean it was definitely um something that we, there was no other tracks around here like it and yeah. uh and then um, what happened was he met a, uh, uh, a a pro freestyle rider from California. Okay. Uh, his name is uh, Trevor Trevor Wilder, and uh, and they kind of got he 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 got really interested in uh, freestyle. And uh, Trevor was like, "Hey, can uh, we? I have a ramp. We can build a a, a seventy foot competition jump." And so my dad just built this big pile of dirt in the in the on the other side of the motocross track and then we set up a, a ramp there and that's that's what started what we call the freestyle track right and uh this was probably um in 2008 i would say okay uh, it we we had a, a a few ramps and a few few pretty big clay jumps 
Um, but yeah, he just, and he, at this time he was, he was getting really good, uh, with his, his, uh, dirt craft. Okay. He could, he could really, uh, move some dirt, he moved some dirt and face jumps pretty good. And then, um, and then every, uh, it seemed like almost every, he is a constant, is it, I want to say it's almost like a daily thing. He would always just go back there and work on it, whether it would be prepping it or just new ideas. I mean, we would always go back there on the golf cart and be like, what do you think about this? Do you think this is possible? Can we build this? And I'm always the one that says, nah, it's good the way it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, you don't need to do any more. And he's like, no, I see this. And I tell him, I, I'll be like, uh, it's a little far fetched. I think you're might be out, out of your league here. And then, and then, um, lo and behold, a month later, a month of dirt work later, he has built what he literally envisioned. And it, it's pretty impressive. The, the talent that he's got to do that. And, uh, and yeah. then, uh, and then when we built the supercross track right beside the freestyle track and, um, which the freestyle track, I want to say around when I got on big bikes, it was, it, it was pretty big. I mean, it went, it went, it was, a, it took up the amount of area that the motocross track does now, but the jumps were pretty big. We had, um, we have a 110 footer. We got the we got a two massive 90 foot doubles, um, and then I think we had three ramp setups and three landings. Yeah, and and then um, and then he built a pretty gnarly supercross track uh, when I was getting ready for a rainy cross, and 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 I uh, it was, and that the, the supercross track is definitely one of my favorites. It's it's just a fun track to ride and. And with, especially in the area. It, um, and I remember when he first built it, I, um, or there was a time I was like, Hey, this isn't, uh, this isn't hard enough. I was like, I, I got this track pretty dialed. Um, I, but when I show up to a, a supercross or a ring cross, like I struggle, like it, it's just not peaky enough. And I had really had to convince him. Um, well, he, and he just didn't want me. I think the biggest thing was he tried to make the track, rideable for everybody which yeah. is important um cause, but yeah, that's kind of how it is now uh, like it's really mellow now yeah but there was a time where i told him we had a discussion i was like hey we really gotta make this thing uh gnarly gnarly and and he didn't know how to build gnarly stuff he, he likes to build fun safe jumps that are that are big but they're safe um and then but he 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 built a gnarly supercross track and, uh, that's where I, um, this was in 20, 2016, 2017. And that's kind of where I became, uh, a supercross rider. And, uh, yeah. and then fast forward, um, he, Travis Pastrana makes this moon booter jump ramp, metal ramp. It's a massive, this is probably 2018. I think <laughs> the, the, he, he's, he's, Going across online, and he comes across the blueprint of this massive mega ramp. It's like 19 foot tall. It's basically straight up, and and uh, he's like, "I'm gonna build this." He's like, "I'm gonna build this pile of dirt," and and I, this is literally one of the conversations. Like, I'm like, "I don't see what you're trying to envision here." I'm like, "You're you're out of your mind," and. Uh, he's able, he gets a hold of like the biggest excavator. He can, 
he, he either rented it or borrowed it, but I mean, he just builds this massive 40 foot tall mound of yeah, dirt. It is, it is a mountain. And then he sticks up this, um, this straight up ramp up to it. He's like, see, I told you we could do it. And, <laughs> and then I think at the time there was only like two made in the world. I think Travis Pastrana had one. I think maybe Harry Bink had, had one in Australia. And I, that means we were the third one to have one built. Uh, he just bought the blueprints, took it down to the local welder and came home with a metal ramp. And, and we were, it's so tall. We were worried about, when we put it on the trailer, we were worried about ripping down stoplights and uh, going underneath some bridges, some like passenger or uh, uh, some walking bridges. I mean, this thing is up just the videos of, don't really do it any justice and then uh i mean and then of course the reason i'm like usually so i'm like no i'm okay you don't have to build this is because i'm no i'm usually going to be the guinea pig that has to hit these creations that he makes right and uh but so far they've all worked out and then uh and then and what's cool is my dad um at the time uh he still hits all these jumps i don't know if anyone just to yeah. clarify he just doesn't build them he he fully jumps them I mean, he, 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 he doesn't build these stuff for me. He builds it for him. And <laughs> he's a test rider. Yeah. Uh, he builds it for him and that's why he's got this big, big playground. It's because he likes to hop on his, on his own 450 and go back there and, and flow around on the, the big jumps. And, and that's, that's the cool part of, part of it, uh, that we both got to. So yeah, he had his passion of, um, of riding a dirt bike and hitting big stuff. And I just kind of had to grow up with it. And that's kind of why that's, that's definitely what helped me get to the skill level on a bike for sure. Um, right. and then also just the racing aspect of it too. He, we were, we're both competitive and, and we both kind of, he, and he, he also enjoys the, the, it's kind of therapeutic to him, the building, the dirt work and the, and the, and the just the craftiness of it so it, it it's cool how it worked out he would go build the stuff and then he'd get better at building it and then i get better at riding it so it's a definitely cool story and then the craziest i i don't this is the the, the most gnarly idea i <laughs> is the tower jump <laughs> when he and told I me remember, about that dude i was like you all need to like turn the power the power lines behind your house off or something I know. Uh, He's I remember he told me um, probably in maybe April a year ago, and he was like, "Hey, I got this vision." He he. he uh, I don't know if you remember the. There was a YouTube video of Robbie Madison uh, jumping. He it was in an abandoned airfield or. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that video. And he and he saw him, uh, Robbie jump up onto these. Uh, uh, what are they called? Crates? Yeah, uh, yeah. Crates. He did the crates right there by the plane. Yeah. Then he like jumped on a wing of a plane. Yeah. Well, he, he jumped up on, he stepped up onto this crate and he was like, how tall do you think that is? And we, we did some, we looked up the measurements of a crate and, that, and there, there was like three crates stacked up and you we were like, okay, so we need, he's like, well, that's about 25 feet tall. And he was like, Sam, do you think we could, he was like, I think we can build that. And he, he showed me the spot of where he wanted to build it. And then obviously you have to find a spot where you can jump down. 
and he's like, I'm going to set up these eight telephone telephone poles and we'll make a, and I, I told him, I was like, I was like, man, I don't yeah, see like, it. Yeah, I don't thinking? see it. <laughs> what are you even talking about? Yeah. And, and I told him, I was like, I mean, yeah, you can make this, um, make it like 10 or 15 feet. Like, no, if I'm going to put in this work, it's going to be big. And, and I, I, I didn't really, I honestly didn't take him seriously. I didn't think he was going to build it. And then next thing I know, um, I see our local power line companies just dropping off telephone poles in our, kind of in our yard. And I was like, what, what is, what's going on here? And he's like, Oh, this is for the tower. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then, and then I, I, oh, two, three weeks later, next thing you know, he's got the, he's got all of his poles and then he's got the, he starts moving dirt and I'm like, and moving trees and, and then he, he digs the holes for the power lines and then he gets the pole set and these poles are just, that's when it kind of made it like, oh my gosh, he's actually going to build this thing. Yeah, I remember the first then, time he told me he hit it. I was like, Joey, like, what are you thinking? He's like, if you build it, you got to test it. I'm like, yeah. no thanks. Well, like, he's long story. Fast forward, uh, but I think it was the end of the summer around, it was right before Loretta Lynn's. He yeah. finally, we, we got our measurements up, we got our ramp built. Um, and we, we did, we, we got, uh, they're not, they're kind of the ramps that we built were are in between the, the moon booter, the, the 19 foot tall ramp and a regular competition ramp. So it's yeah. like the happy medium. It's pretty steep, but it's not, it's not too tall either. That's the one I so, hit, right? That's the one I hit. Yeah. That's okay. the one you hit. Okay. And, uh, I was still looking at it, doing the math, math and the way we had it set up. I was like, Hey. I don't think this is going to get you up high enough. Like, I think you're going to like basically case this 25 foot tower and then fall down. Right. And, and I remember, and I mean, I'm just terrified to climb up the ladder and stand on top of this thing. This thing is so tall. It doesn't look like it in the videos, but it it is just, I I just didn't like, I was not uncomfortable just being up there. And, uh, (laughs) I haven't climbed it. I'm like, I'm so terrified. I haven't climbed to the top of it. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty crazy. Anyways, I remember I was going out of town for uh, uh, a lake trip, and he was like, "Hey, uh, how do you think you would hit this jump, Sam?" And I was like, "Which?" I'm like, "Are you talking about the tower?" And I got really worried because I didn't think the math was correct on the ramp. Right. And I was like, "Man, I was like, if I go out of town and I and he tries to jump this and it, and it goes wrong, I was like, I, I'd feel really bad." And I was like, so I'm immediately before I left that town, I geared up real quick. And I was like, all right, I guess I got to jump this thing just to prove to him that it's possible. Possible. Yeah. Or yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't want him to be the test dummy. Uh, and maybe he did. Maybe that's selfish of me, but I was, I wasn't, I was a little worried. And, uh, and when the first time I jumped it, I actually clipped the top, the, the front edge of the deck. Oh shit. Really? And, and I and I seat bounced it because um, I was a little worried that I wasn't going to get enough to pop. It was going to be hard to get that pop. Um, but also, I didn't have like the the most amount of speed, so I clipped the edge of the top. But 
but luckily I still made it on top and then I just had to jump off of it. And it's the jump off the step down is, is probably about 20 foot. And, uh, but luckily it worked out. And, uh, but I mean, let me tell you, I, that was the most nervous. It was, um, I think I was more nervous doing that than like my first supercross race. Really? And, uh, I mean, I was very, very scared. Um, I'm still scared to hit it. I, I mean, um, I don't think I'm, I mean, I'm a little comfortable on it now, but that first time I, like I'm riding and if I'm going to hit it for the first time that day, it is a, uh, it is a roller coaster of emotions going through my mind. It's that, uh, but it, it is, it is pretty fun. It, um, and especially the way it connects into the moon booter. I mean, if, uh, I do have some videos up on my Instagram, if y'all want to go check it out, it's, it's, it really is something pretty, uh, incredible especially yeah. for <laughs> kind of the in the middle of tennessee where there's really not a i mean there's no one even close w- within 200 300 400 miles that's got a setup like we do then no no um, your guys facility is is like the world cl- i don't know i guess you wouldn't say world class but it's it's on its own it's level. definitely it's on its, it's own definitely level. it's definitely notable for sure and yeah. and the cool thing is um and it's gotten the attention of, uh, I mean, uh, it's gotten the attention of like Josh Hill, uh, Axel Hodges, uh, wanted to come out when he, uh, um, yeah, when he was down at Loretta's, I mean, he wanted to come out, just things didn't work out, uh, flights, but, uh, um, the, the thing is we're in Tennessee and, and they're based on the West coast, but I mean, they, uh, Twitch, um, was the first one I think that actually reached out to me and, uh, um, be like, yo, where are you at? Like you're the compound y'all have is just absolutely gnarly. And, and so that's, that's always cool. And we, we've actually had, uh, um, Anthony Murray. He's a, he's a freestyler and he, he, he's the, uh, rider that goes on the kick or not kick, uh, huge Hoosier arena cross. Okay. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He's the one that did like the front flip and hit like the flashlight or something. It was Yeah, it? he's gnarly. He does a yeah, the front flip and just nails the light and then still rides it off. I mean, and uh, he's uh, he's the he he's he's the most talented rider out there so for sure and uh, out there. And he put down some like some crazy transfers that I would have never even thought of and he just on his first day out there, he just hits his massive transfer and nails, and he was like, yeah, that's not bad. And I'm like, dude, I don't even want to try it. And he was like, bro, you got to try it at your own house. And, yeah. Um, I hit it I hit it that once, and then he left, and I have not hit that transfer since. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, awesome. Um, I, it would be really cool to get some uh, uh, big other big names out here and just to see what we can just throw down and put together. That's just, fun, yeah. Yeah, and because uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, potential and of some pretty gnarly people on dirt bikes just throwing down, and I'd like to see it, and I definitely would like to be a part of it. Um, just gotta make the time and work out, and um, and then that, yeah, yeah, you definitely got a rad facility for sure, but. I mean, it's one of those things to where when I go out there, I'm just so nervous. Some of those jumps are just so big. But your dad's done such a great job building them. It's like they they they're intimidating, but they have such a good flow to them. So it's uh, it's definitely a fun fun place. But let's yeah, see he he's really good at uh, he's got the so he's got the big lines, but he also has 
um, secondary lines that are definitely friendly for mostly everybody, every type of rider out there. And, uh, um, like we got some metal ramps pushed up to that are 30 foot and they're, they're pretty safe and you've hit a metal ramp, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've hit a few of them. So like, that's what, that's what's cool about it is that there's the ma- massive gnarly stuff that you can absolutely just send it on, but you can also, if you want to ease your way into the big stuff, he has these other options that are yeah. um, pretty manageable and safe uh, for for the right rider for sure. So that's I, what I hit the baby ones, like the ones that you hit on one tens. Those are the ones I hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are pretty big on a one ten. But uh, um, but yeah, that's definitely I think what makes Jerry Land just so unique. It, 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 he takes into consideration uh, to all types of riders and uh yeah he does he does a really good job which which is it's not easy to incorporate a track for uh um the pro riders and also your uh recreational riders for so that it, it he he's pulled it off pretty good no yeah i i like i said i i love coming out there and it's always a pleasure i, I appreciate you guys having us out and, and letting us have some fun out there so very fortunate to have that in our backyard but with that being said, we got a we got a new segment that is uh, coming to this Motorspot show. We're extremely thankful to have this guy on board. Um, his name is JD Beach. He's super fast on a uh, sport bike. He's won six hundred races. He's won one thousand races, and now he's doing the uh, AFT Flat Track Series. And he recently just won that. So check him out at JD Beach. But we have a new segment called Beach Say What, and we are uh, excited to have this segment on. We're uh, getting with JD and he's going to be giving us some questions every week for our guests and uh, we're going to be doing some fun stuff so we're excited um, for him he uh, actually texted me today and he's got some questions for you Sam so I hope you're ready I'm ready let's hear him so it's crazy so if, if people don't know if you don't follow JD you need to go follow him same with Sam you need to go follow Sam but JD has a whole family of golden retrievers like every day he takes his golden retrievers out like it's like a they have like they need their own Instagram. Honestly, he's got like six of them. Yeah. Um, so his first question to you is: Aren't golden retrievers the best dogs ever? Because like for you, you've got two of them, I believe, right? Yeah, my parents have one, and then I have one, and then uh, they I take I take my dog Bennett back and forth to their house. So they're, um, yeah, we got two two goldens basically, and yeah, uh, goldens are hands down the best dog dogs. They're. Uh, <laughs> They're just so wholesome. They're goofy, and they're just energetic. Always happy. You can never put a golden in a in a, in a bad mood, and that's what's great about them is they they bring out the good in you. I mean, every dog does that, but uh, there's just something about a. Uh, and honestly, what does it does it for me is when they're puppies. I mean, when they're just I cannot floppy and just all over the place, clumsy dude. <laughs> I, I cannot contain. It's just cuteness overload for when they're puppies, and then yeah. when they grow up to be a full-grown dog, they're still amazing in all in each and every way. And uh, yeah, yeah, so, they're, yeah just happy, a, they're just happy to be dogs. Yeah, it's Definitely, crazy like think, how they become a part of your family, like in your routine too. Like I know Bennett like rides down on the track with you, and like you know, or like JD they ride in the truck with him. My other buddy Cam, he's got his dog Dixie. Like it's like they become so a part of your program. It's like having a kid almost. Um, I wouldn't say as close as having a kid, but they're definitely a family member. <laughs> and what's cool is, uh, so whenever I'm out there riding, um, uh, my dad says, uh, like the Goldens are out there watching me 
Like they, they, they kind of lock in on me. They, they know that's me on the bike right? underneath all this gear and helmet. And they know that's me just zigzagging back and forth on the track. And they're just locked in on me watching like uh, a normal person. Would yeah. Watch. Look at that. Yeah. Go. <laughs> and then when I get off the bike, they're just there to greet me like, good job. That was the, you're the best racer in the world. And I'm just <laughs> like, that's, that's the kind of support I need for sure. That's awesome. So it is cool how they, uh, um, um, can kind of just keep track of the, what's going on for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. They're, they're great animals and, uh, it's awesome that you guys can share that similarities between each other. Uh, let's see. The other one he's got for you too is what is your favorite track or like the best race you've ever had? <clears throat> um, you know, I think my favorite track, I, you know, I, Unadilla was pretty awesome to me. So I've never been to, uh, that far up north and just the whole experience of going to Unadilla was just amazing. And, uh, um, just the atmosphere itself, um, it almost had like an old timey farmer middle of nowhere feel to it. Okay. And that was kind of cool. And then also just the rolling hills, but to the track itself, I think Unadilla has the sweetest layout, um, that I've ever ridden. It, in my opinion, it flows so good in and, in and out of those, uh, valleys. Right. And, uh, the kind of the banks they have on the hills and it just, I, when I was there in 2017, um, they were calling for rain that day. So they had, they didn't like absolutely just soak the track and like rip it just, uh, 12 feet deep. They had it like a, um, almost like a, just a perfect practice day. And I could just go out there and just flow and just wasn't worried about massive ruts. It's just, you could hook up anywhere. And that, I remember that day was one of the most fun days or that those practice sessions were the most fun I've had on a, um, on, your bike. on a motorcycle track. Yeah. And then, uh, also just those, they had some massive jumps, uh, obviously the sky top tabletop, that um, that jump, fun. that jumps so much fun. And then, uh, the jump after the finish line, um, you go around the bull turn and then you just jump down into the Valley. It's just so sweet. Um, but locally, my favorite track is uh, in Tennessee is Fast Farms. Um, okay. I grew up racing Fast Farms, uh, and I've done a lot of practice and training there. And it's just they have a good quality dirt. And I haven't been in a few years. I need to get back. But I've always, uh, always enjoyed Fast Farms. They've always put on a good show and uh, always had good conditions. And it also got super ruddy. I, I know. And there's a lot of people that, that kind of stay away from the ruts, but for me, I, I, I did enjoy that. And, uh, and I'm trying to think, and then and the, the other question was about, uh, best race. Um, I was a race that, I that meant a lot to me was when I won Loretta Lynn's, uh, um, in college boy, yeah. uh, 20, 2016. Um, I remember it was a mud, it, I was sitting in the uh, staging area and it was sunny. And then out of nowhere, it just dumps corn rain. Uh, um, uh, no one was, no one had any mud prep, but luckily I had a, an extra helmet prep at the, at our campsite. So I made my brother, my brother is a collegiate cross country athlete. He runs uh, for our, uh, yeah, he runs for division one. Yeah, division one. He's not. Yeah. Right. And, uh, 
I was like, Jojo, I need you to sprint to the camper and go grab my helmet and my roll off. And, uh, and he comes back and I got the full mud setup going and, uh, we pulled the whole shot and that was the first whole shot I ever got at Loretta's. And, uh, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm leading Loretta Lynn's. This is insane. I was like, okay, just get through one lap of leading Loretta's. And then I made it across that, that finish line for the first lap. And I was like, I was like, Oh, here we go. We did it. I was like, okay, make it two laps. Yeah, keep going. And then, and then in the middle of the race, I was like, holy cow, I might actually win this. And, uh, and that was my next goal. I was like, I'm going to win it. And, uh, which was a huge, I mean, uh, I, I never, I, I wasn't never even close to up front at Loretta's, uh, until that year. And, uh, and then to, to actually pull, I think I had a pretty big lead. I might've had like a, I don't know the exact, but I think I might've had like a 15 second, 20 second lead. Oh damn! And to come across that finish line in front of all my friends and family that, that came out and that have been there for the past 10 years watching me and struggle and they were all there to see me succeed and actually cross the line first was uh just a huge moment for me and uh um definitely will be um uh, a memorable memorable one uh every time i go back there just to hang out or watch or maybe i'll go back in 25 plus and race uh in the future yeah no that's awesome like i knew you won a moto out there and um that was like kind of right when i moved here and kind of getting to know everybody and uh, I'll never forget like the first time, first time I came out to your house and rode like, oh my God, I'm all with Trevor. So, I mean, it's, it's been a fun ride for sure. And I'm excited to, uh, like I said, from going from just meeting you a couple years ago and now having you on the show and, and riding with you. So it's, it's been a, it's been a good ride for sure. Yeah. And I want to add one more, of course. Uh, the cherry on top. This is the, this is my all time favorite moment. Uh, um, so it was 2018 supercross Daytona. So it was funny. I remember we were playing Supercross 2 at the time leading up to Daytona. And uh, we were talking. You were asking me, like, hey, how do you feel about the race this weekend? I was like, well, Saturday is my 21st birthday. And I'm going to go out there and make the main event, make my first ever main event. (laughs) And I was like, I just, I'm going to send it. And then uh, we get there. I'm I'm, I'm feeling good. So what's crazy is I've never been to Daytona before. I never went to the Amateur National. Um. Uh, so this, when we showed up in 2018, this was my first time ever riding Daytona. I, I didn't know what to expect. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not good at riding sand, but, um, I was feeling, I was able to adapt pretty quick and had a good day. I was dealing with the track and I nailed my start in the LCQ or I didn't nail it. I think I was like seventh, but, uh, just like I said, I, uh, earlier, I have that, I had that warrior mentality. I was going to get through anybody. I was going to get through them. I don't know how, but I remember um, I actually took out Van Martin pretty hard in a in a pole turn, but I was like, I don't care. This is LCQ. Um, this, broke. Yeah. I'm going for it. And I, I creaked my way up in the fourth, and uh, I hung on and, um, and made it into the main event. And that was my first ever main event, and I did it on my 21st birthday. Uh, it's, and then I went out there in the main event, I was dead tired from the LCQ trying my hardest, but I went out there and uh, locked a solid 17th, and and uh, that's and then I had a beer legally for the first time on my afterwards, and then threw up that beer because <laughs> I was so tired. Yeah, but I mean, I mean the just 
I remember being so overwhelmed just with the positivity on on social media from my friends and family. Uh, I I'm pretty sure I had over 200 text messages and and uh, it was just that whole. I remember that was the just that whole day was just every year when it pops up on my memories. I have to watch it, and I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty sick. That's 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 undeniably. Yeah, one of the coolest things. I'm I'm gonna remember that forever. Every year on my birthday, I'm gonna remember that moment, and that that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Daytona is a, such a cool place. Too. I want to go. I've never been there, but just the, it looks like a cool atmosphere. Like just the whole Dude, it, like being in Daytona. You know, like most iconic NASCAR race, and then just it just seems like it's very like almost overwhelming, almost because like you're in the same pit garages as the NASCAR teams. Like it's just crazy looking. Daytona is so sweet. Like, like the being able to pit in the the garages, like you said, and then those grandstands, uh, they're yeah. just. I mean, I want to say those grandstands are almost like. Uh, this might be a little exaggerating, but it looks like they're like a uh, like half a mile long. Just I yeah, mean, just they, go they're for just, days, and, and they look like it's like it looks like it's two hundred feet tall, and it's just like it's just so big and then that track oh my gosh that track is you wouldn't be able to <laughs> believe how how much surface area this one nascar track takes up and then we have a tiny little sliver where we do supercross so yeah you need to make it down there one one year it's it's incredible yeah i will we'll get down there hopefully next year i'll get down there and then have some fun i have a deal that goes every year and, and vins he uh He's a Harley wheel manufacturer, and he goes down every year. So hopefully one of these years I'll get to go down there and, and help him out. But for you, before I let you go, I got one more question um, for J, from JD for the, our new segment, Beach Say What. Uh, we are going to do the best thing to unwind after a tough race weekend. So, like, what's something you just have to do or what's something that helps you get, like, through the work week after just struggling on a Saturday night? Um, I would say the best thing, uh, for me was, uh, going mountain biking on, uh, uh, afterwards, we either, either whether it was on the Monday afterwards, uh, to me, mountain biking, uh, was always pretty therapeutic. You're out there all by yourself in the woods and, uh, you're, you're getting your groove and you're also getting a decent little workout to get, you're working out your frustrations by pushing, right. but also it's, uh, you got your headphones in. And you're you're just out there truly by yourself, and it's um, and and then if you got a really good place to ride, that just makes it all so much better. And then uh, that's so I'm actually going mountain biking tomorrow. I'm not saying I had a a bad week, but uh, it is a good way to unwind and then also get get that start on a new week. So totally, um, that's one of my favorite things. And then uh. Um, I didn't golf back then, but I really like golfing now. So golf is, is another good uh, one for me. But I think the biggest part was uh, just coming back home and spending on Sunday and being able to just have a nice day, relaxing with the family. There you go. Um, getting that, getting, getting that, that family time in. Yeah. That's no, that always important. Yeah. No, it's one of those things where you got to take it all in and be super thankful for what you have and, and have fun with it. And, try to put the past in the past and just focus on the, you know, the next weekend or focus on the work week or whatever it is, but just don't, don't dwindle too much on what you can't, can't fix. So yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. You don't want to let that uh, disappointment. You can't let that disappointing uh, weekend linger longer than the next day. You gotta you gotta put it behind you. Focus 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 on what's in front of you. Whether that's either relaxing or on Monday working towards that next that next race on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, finding a new goal to achieve for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Sam, I really appreciate it. Um, I gotta, like I said, if you guys haven't yet, please go check out Sam Redmond on 401. Uh, we just posted him on our story, uh, Moto Spot Show. And again, huge thank you to JD Beach. Please check him out, JD Beach 95. And then again, without our sponsors, we wouldn't have this show. So huge thanks to Spot Network TV. Make sure to download the app. Um, Spot, Spot Network is, like I said, they're just, we couldn't have this without them. So huge thanks to those guys. And again, Scott Goggles, the widest prospect. The lens is on the market, made in the USA. So I just wore mine today. Like I said, I keep talking about it and keep repeating myself, but that goggle is absolutely amazing. Sam wears them. Got him hooked up a, f- a few years ago, and you've been wearing them for a, lot, a while. So what do you think about the prospect? Yeah, I love it. It's uh, good, huh? Um, I, lo- I love the field of view, and I love the, the tarot setup, and, and I like that extra wide band that, that just Yeah, that 50 millimeter band better. is awesome, yeah. And then uh, it just looks it looks good with any any type of helmet setup you got. It's gonna it's gonna make your kit look really good, Agreed. no matter no matter what you wear. So, um, yeah, the Scott Prospects uh, definitely the way to go. Yeah, they are a must have. So check those guys out. Go to your local dealer. Um, in stock now available. The new Pro Circuit 30 year anniversary is out now. The new military appreciation goggles out now. So please, guys, go check out Scott's goggles on Instagram and at your local dealer. And then, of course, Motion Pro, Work Connection, Bell Ray. Couldn't have couldn't have the shows without those guys. So we got some giveaways coming up. I'm excited. Just talked to Works Connection last week. Um, working on some stuff. Just you know, inventory right now in the power sports industry is tough. So gotta gotta get stuff sold where you can and take advantage of this craziness that we're in this world we're living in right now because like we just cannot keep up in the power sports industry so huge thanks to everybody that rides dirt bikes and supports the industry sam thank you like i said i really appreciate the time tonight and uh we have to get you on again sometime but anything you want to say before i let you go uh yeah i just want to say uh thank you for having me on and uh of course um and uh this was a good uh, good talk, and uh, would definitely looking forward to doing another one with you. Looking forward to riding with you, and uh, gotta hit up that Cali sub uh, in the future. The dude, best sandwich get, place in Clarksville. I need to get them on as a sponsor, dude. Just sending me sandwiches as I do the show. Yeah, there <laughs> you can't you, you can't beat them. It's it's so good. It's definitely a that's a routine that which I've been slacking on it. Uh, I've been, just been. Yeah, uh, it's hard to line up line up schedules, but we'll, we'll make it work we'll make and it have work. a good, good, uh, good lunch at Cali Subs and then a good afternoon ride. Yeah, I'm in. I'm all about. It. I'm ex- I'm looking forward to spring. So again, thank you so much. Um, like I said, I can't, I can't believe I have a Moto Spot show, but with guests like you and the guests we've had, twenty episodes in, I'm excited for the future. So again, guys, thank you for listening. Huge thanks to our sponsors. Huge thanks to our listeners. Episode twenty is a wrap. Thank you, guys.